Well, what is up, good family? Once again, you are joining me on tonight, on Sunday night, and I have a word that I believe is going to bless your life, come for your edges and your pinky toe. But first, I want to thank everybody. Can y'all believe this Try Me series has over 300,000 views? I don't know what God is doing. I'm just a part. I'm just glad to be a part of the team. I don't have to hit the game winning shot. I just want the jersey team Jesus. <laughs> so I, I'm just thankful um, for all the shares, all the subscribes, all the likes, all the comments, putting people on. If you know somebody that needs to be watching this, go ahead and shoot them a text. Send them the link. Hey, I need you to get on. The Tribe Me series is on live because I believe tonight is going to be profound and powerful just for you. If you ever ask the question, what is going on? What is God doing? I think tonight will give you some clarity. So um, if you would, go ahead and take your screenshot, tag us, let us know where you are in the world watching this particular message, and I pray that it blesses you. I want to get to work. So 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 17, I'm going to read roughly verses 1 through 7. 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 1 through 7. It says, And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before him whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook, and it happened after a while that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. Our clause of concern and our verses of emphasis is two verses, verses 3 and 7. Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. Verse 7, and it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. What do you do when you go to the place that God told you to go to? You're doing what God asked you to do, but he allows your brook to dry up. So Father, we thank you. We are in anticipation that you're going to speak to our hearts, speak to our minds, touch our souls, oh God. Let this be a now word, a rhema word, oh God. Something will be said on tonight that touches the hearts of your people so that we can be your kingdom representatives in Jesus' name. If everybody in the room agrees with that prayer, would you drop the comment, amen. Amen. What do you do when the place that God told you to go to, what do you do when the principle that you know God has told you to follow, what do you do when your lifestyle is congruent with the lifestyle that God told you to live, but the very place that God told you to go to has dried up? For part 17 of this Try Me series, I would like to speak around this thought. I'm getting straight to work. I would like to speak from this thought around this subject for the time that we have together on tonight. 
you've been induced. You've been induced. For this particular message, you do not have the right to remain silent. I need you to participate with me. Everybody in the room, could you drop the comment? Rather, you're watching on YouTube or Facebook. Could you drop the comment in the room? You've gotten way too comfortable. You've gotten a hold up before you write it. I need you to put some stank on it. I need you to put some attitude on it. Go ahead and get your trigger fingers ready. I need you to put some gangster on it. I need you to act like somebody just came in your house, didn't wash their hands, opened up your refrigerator, took your last piece of chicken, sat in your favorite spot on the couch, took a bite of the chicken, looked at you and said, mm, this show is good. Yeah, drop that comment. You have gotten way <laughs> too comfortable. I have a feeling somebody's going to put exclamation point, exclamation point, all caps. You have gotten way too comfortable, way too comfortable. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, and everybody under the sound of my voice on tonight, I believe one of the most beautiful experiences that really shows off the handiwork and craftsmanship of our God is that of pregnancy. Pregnancy. There is nothing more beautiful to a husband then laying his eyes on his wife as she's carrying his lineage. And every husband, I can't speak for every husband, but I'm just speaking for me. The level of honor and reverence that you have for your wife should skyrocket once you see what she had to go through to get your children in the earth. Yeah, you, you a blessed man, sir. When you find a wife, when you find a good thing, when you find a divine helper, when you find a suitable helper, when you get your rib back, when you get a kingdom mate and she's your baby mama, you blessed, bro. You blessed. I'm talking about that type of woman who turns your house into a home, that type of woman who turns your castle into a kingdom. Because when you find a kingdom woman and she's praying for you, that's having your back on a whole nother level. We're going to talk about that in the fall. We have a whole new series talking about that. There is nothing more beautiful than pregnancy. And I could just remember how amazing it was for me as I began to see the evolutionary process of our pregnancy. I remember the first ultrasound we went to, and we saw our baby, and it looked just like a splat. It was just like a, and I'm like, this our baby? <laughs> like, yeah, congratulations. Okay, praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Now, I remember later on, we went to another ultrasound, and then that little splat looked like something on Alien versus Predator. I don't know if y'all ever seen an ultrasound. I'm like, this is our baby, but praise God. Everything's normal, right? Everything's healthy. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Hey, praise God. And I just remember the evolution process of now we're in the third trimester, and my wife, what was used to be a splat that is now a baby bump. And now we're celebrating and we're excited because we're about to see the entrance and the debut of our first child. We're about to see the debut of our son. But neither of our children came on their own. They didn't come into the earth on their own. Our daughter arrived by an emergency C-section and our son arrived by a planned C-section. We have beautiful children. Go ahead and uh, could you put this, this image on the screen of my babies? These, these are my babies. Yeah, my, my baby girl, she's like my twin. And my son, like my wife, she just spit him out. She just spit him out. He got the curly hair and everything. But when they first came into the world, they didn't come, in their, they didn't come on their own. Our doctor gave us a whole lot of information on what to do for our planned C-section, what to do if your son decides to make his debut before the due date. 
And we would come to church and everybody would be like, girl, you dropped. Tanisha, you glowing. You good and pregnant. You glowing. But um, listen, that, yo, you're not going to make it to the due date. I've been watching you, girl. Mm-hmm. And last Sunday, your stomach was like right here. And this Sunday, now your stomach right here. Yeah, yeah, she in position. Yeah, he in position. You're not going to make it. Yeah, I got three children and I got two grandchildren. I know this stuff. Yeah, yeah they going to come this week. Watch what I tell you. This week, you're going to go in labor. But truth be told, neither of our children. <laughs> People always try to tell you that they're experts. Like you didn't know, go to no type of medical school. Truth be told, neither of our children came on their own. Neither of our children came on their own. It took for the doctor to induce us. Can I get somebody to say induce? People kept telling us that they were going to come out on their own. Now, look, granted, this was the place that they have gotten comfortable. This was the place of their conception. This was the place that they grew. This was the place that they developed. But a time had arrived where the very place that they used to be nurtured is now a place of limitation. Please listen. The very place that used to be a place of nurturing is now a place of limitation, not due to anything they have done, but due to the fact that you are growing so much that this womb is now limiting you. And it's time for you to come out. It's time for you to come out because there is something that God wants to do in your life. But here's the issue. They got comfortable in that which was supposed to be seasonal. Here we go. Have you fallen in love? Have you fell in love with that which was supposed to be seasonal? Yeah, you you fell in love with that which was supposed to be seasonal. You caught feelings and you have permanent feelings for a temporary thing. You have permanent affections for a temporary thing. And this is how you get hurt. And I said it so many times and I got to say it again. It is dangerous when you cannot recognize expiration dates. Please hear me. It is dangerous when you cannot identify expiration dates because you risk consuming that which has spoiled. You risk consuming that which has spoiled, and then you're wondering why you're sick. You wonder why you're nauseous in your soul. You wonder why you're nauseous in your mind. It's because you are consuming spoiled conversations, spoiled addictions, spoiled relationships. Who am I speaking to on tonight? And you wonder why am I so nauseous and why do I feel so sick? It's because you have not identified expiration dates. And I don't know who I'm preaching to, but there's somebody under the sound of my voice that you know there's some circles. Yeah, there's some locations. There's some places. There's some relationships. And there's some wombs that you have outgrown. But the reason you're not leaving it is because you have gotten comfortable in that which was just supposed to be seasonal. And then there's somebody else watching this message. You're running. You're running. God has gave you instructions. There's something that you have to do, but you're running because you don't want to embrace the discomfort of being birthed. You don't want the discomfort of going down the birth canal. You understand that during pregnancy and during birth in the delivery room, there is trauma on the baby and there is trauma also on the mama. And you don't want to embrace the trauma of letting stuff go. You don't want to embrace the trauma of getting rid of this secret sin. You don't want to let go, so you get comfortable. And that 
which was supposed to be just seasonal. And you haven't recognized that God is saying, listen, what used to nurture you is now limiting you. And it's time for you to come out. 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 Stop parking in places where I have given you oil to pass through. It's time for you to come out. It's time for you to come out. It's time for you to come out. You have built tabernacles where you're supposed to just build tents. It's time for you to come out. It's time for you to come out. Your marriage was not supposed to park there. You were supposed to just pass through. Your mind wasn't supposed to park there. You were supposed to just pass through. That offense wasn't supposed to cause you to just park there. Forgiveness was supposed to help you pass through. What happened back in childhood and what happened back in high school, I know it hurts. And I'm not trying to be insensitive to your pain. I'm just saying, by the love of God, don't allow it to cause you to be stagnant. That is not a place where you're supposed to park. You're supposed to just pass through because it's time to come out. It's time to come out. It's time to come out. God is saying, I have another realm for you. I have another season for you. I have another place for you. I have a wonderful work for you, but you'll never experience it as long as you're staying in the womb of your comfort because growth and comfort never coexist. Did you hear what I just said? Growth and comfort never coexist. Comfort zones and callings will never be romantically involved. It's time for you to come out. It's time for you to come out. And there's so many conversations. I see them all on Facebook all on Instagram, all on YouTube, and it's saying, I can't wait for things to get back to normal. I can't wait for everything to go back to how it used to be. I can't wait to go back to normal. I can't wait to go back. I can't wait for it to get back. I can't wait to go back. I can't wait for normal. What if what we thought was normal was never normal? Did y'all hear what I just said? What, what if the way we had church and that what we thought was normal was never normal to kingdom. Because usually, like I said before, what is abnormal to kingdom is normal for culture. And what is normal for kingdom is abnormal for culture. What if this isn't a new norm? What if some stuff that we're facing is not a new norm? It's what we've been normalized to, but it was never what God intended. Okay, so, so let's break this down. Did anybody, y'all remember what this is? <laughs> I don't even know, well, depending, well, if you like a millennial, maybe even Generation Z, you know what this is. This is something called a cassette. It's so antiquated and ancient, right? Well, um, way back in the day, back yonder in early, like, Bible years and when dinosaurs roamed the earth, there was something called cassettes. <laughs> and um, if you were cool, you had something called a Walkman. And you would put the cassette in the Walkman, Right? And you would listen, and there was a feature called rewind. Like, like today, we just have skip. If <laughs> you don't like something, just skip. You want to find a part on replay, just scroll to that part. But back in the day, you had to press rewind. And if you wanted to hear the other side of the album, you have to take the cassette out, turn it over, and don't let the string start coming out. There's this, like, string on here. If the string starts coming out, you have to scroll it like this to try to get it. I don't know if y'all remember cassettes. But there was something back in the day that was called a cassette. And for many people, this was normal. Can I get somebody to say normal? And then after a while, this cassette transitioned into a CD. Y'all remember these? Yeah, everybody remember these, right? These like CDs. But here's the crazy thing. If you were to get a scratch on this bad boy, 
It's like you would have DJ Fresh in your car. Making my way downtown, town, 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 walking downtown, facing town, 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 and I'm homebound. And I'm mid, 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 mid. It was just like, that's how you see back in the day. If you got a scratch on this mug, <laughs> it's like you would just have a DJ in your car just going, mixing it. <laughs> and I remember as a child, when our church, we transitioned from tapes to CDs, some people got mad. They got mad, and they were like, uh, y'all, y'all don't have uh, any more cassettes because my car doesn't take CDs. My car only has cassettes. And I'm talking about people who get frustrated. Y'all be surprised over people who leave the church over stupid stuff. Uh, they don't care about everybody. They don't care what we need. So I'm mad. They don't have any more cassettes. And truth be told, they were frustrated because they didn't evolve. <laughs> they were frustrated. Are you frustrated with God because you haven't evolved? Okay. So we went from tapes, cassettes. Then we went from... CD players, and then later down the line, it was something called MP3 players. Y'all remember that? It was real, real small. It had a real, real small MP3 player, and then you could have your music on here, and it was like websites like Napster and things like that, and you would download your music, and you would put it on here, and you would walk around. You didn't need no big Walkman no more. You didn't need a cassette anymore. You wouldn't need a CD anymore because now you have an MP3 player. And then it transitioned until where now you have music on your phones. Right? And so when you got in the car with your dudes or you got in the car with your girls, what'd you ask for? Hey, can I see your ox cord? <laughs> can I see your ox cord? There's something I want to listen to. But look, this, look at this. This used to be normal. Somebody say normal. This used to be what we call normal. And now we're way at an ox cord. And there's some people frustrated because they can't figure out how to get the ox cord to work with the cassette. And now, the era we live in now, we don't even have aux cords anymore. If you get a car now, that mug just got straight up Bluetooth. <laughs> we don't have cassettes. We don't have CDs. You don't even have an aux cord. We just have Bluetooth. You get in that car, connecting phone. Just like it talks to you now. But this is what I'm understanding. A lot of us, we want the cassette God. We have cassette religion. We have cassette beliefs. We have a cassette prayer life. We have a cassette devotion. We have a cassette church. We have a cassette friends. And we're saying, I can't wait for stuff to get back to normal. I can't wait for stuff to get back to be the way that it used to be. What if I told you that God was like, the whole time I was never going to leave you at the cassette. And you're looking for a cassette blessing, but I'm over in Bluetooth right now. And you're saying, man, I can't wait till it goes back to this. I can't wait till it gets back to this. And God is saying, I'm no longer there. And you're frustrated, not because of what necessarily you don't have. You're frustrated because of what you haven't evolved to. I'm about to throw this cassette. (laughs) You're frustrated because you're saying, I want the cassette blessing. And I want the cassette experience. And I want the cassette doctrine. And I want the cassette God. And God said, I'm not there anymore. I'm doing a new thing. I'm doing a new thing. Yeah, it's not about perks and, and lights. I want to see that you have sincere devotion. I want to see, do you have sincere faith? Because I understand that I believe my church has gotten too comfortable. 
The worshipers, they have gotten too comfortable with an ox performance. Preachers have gotten too comfortable with CD type messages. And there are too many people that you're expecting God to do the MP3 and God saying, no, I'm on a whole nother level. I'm on a whole nother level. And maybe what you thought was normal was abnormal the whole time to kingdom. I bet if Jesus were to come down on the earth, the things that we call church, Jesus wouldn't even be able to recognize. And I bet he could still clear out a whole sanctuary, just give him one hour to deliver a message. <laughs> Y'all ready for this? In our foundational text, in 1 Kings chapter 17, we are encountering one of the baddest, most prolific, most astounding, most phenomenal prophets of the Old Testament. I'm talking about the prophet Elijah. Elijah's a bad man. You got to have some type of relationship with God for you to be like, listen. It's not going to rain anymore. I didn't say more. I said more. It's not going to rain anymore unless I say so. And it actually doesn't rain. And God tells him, say, listen, I need you to go eastward. I need you to go to the brook Cherith. I need you to go to this brook. So God checks him in. God gives him reservations, y'all. God checks him in brook in, and he has complimentary breakfast and dinner by the Ravens to go ministry. <laughs> He has complimenting breakfast by the Ravens to go ministry. We know that God, we know that Elijah is exactly where God wants him to be. Not just because we get this information and intel in 1 Kings chapter 17 verses 3 and 4, but due to the fact that there is a drought, but he has provision. You want to know one of the ways that you're in the hand of God? Not the only way, but one of the ways to know that you're in the hand of God when everything else is around, everything around you is in a drought, but you have provision. They don't have water, but Elijah, you have a brook. They're experiencing plagues, but you're experiencing protection. Israelites, you're experiencing protection. Yeah, they're experiencing a famine, but God gave you a dream. Come here, Joseph. God gave you a dream that caused you to be in an influential position where you can make a boss economy move and get everybody to save grains. And so now the very people who sold you into slavery are now coming to you so you can sell grains to them. Because one of the ways that God administers vengeance is not by removing or killing your critics it's by keeping them around long enough it's by keeping them around long enough to witness you succeed the best type of revenge is growth the best type of revenge is becoming the best type of revenge is understanding that God doesn't remove your critics <laughs> he keeps those naysayers he keeps those haters around long enough where all the stuff that they said wouldn't happen he's gonna let happen in your life if Esther and Mordecai were here, they would say, amen, sir. If Joseph was here, he would say that part, though. If Moses was here, he would say he's preaching good because they were experiencing plagues, but we were experiencing protection. They drowned in the Red Sea, but that's the same Red Sea that God cracked for us and allowed for us to walk through on dry ground. I'm not the smartest in the room, but that's supposed to be mud. But God is saying, I don't want no residue. I don't want no tracks. I don't want no evidence. I don't want no afterbirth on you. There's going to be no proof that you used to be here because I'm going to take you to another rim and you're not going to even smell like smoke. So we can shout about he's the God. See, you got to understand this. He's the type of God that will break the rules to get to you. Did you hear what I just said? 
He's the type of God that will break the rules to get to you. This is why the Pharisees couldn't stand Jesus, because he kept healing on the Sabbath. Why did Jesus keep healing on the Sabbath? Number one, he's Lord of the Sabbath. That's a whole other conversation. But number two, he didn't care about all that religious stuff. He said, if my child has an issue of blood and they need healing, see, the Old Testament lets us know that if the unclean thing touches the clean thing, the clean thing now becomes unclean. But Jesus, the embodiment of both testaments, turns it around to where if the unclean thing touches the clean thing, the clean thing makes the unclean now clean because he's a master physician. He'll break the rules just to get to you. You could be by a pool having an issue for 38 years and Jesus says do you want to be made well and you're so caught up over the fact that nobody pushes you in the water that you miss that Jesus hopped over everybody just to get to you I'm thankful on tonight that I serve a God that we can be in the midst of many but he won't miss me but we can shout that he's the God that will bring us out without smelling like smoke we can shout about he's the God that will break the rules to get to you but I have a problem Why in the world would God tell this brother, go to this brook to let the brook dry up? (laughs) Said, I need you to go here. And the very place that God told him to go, the brook dries up. You promised me that you're going to have breakfast and dinner prepared for me. But the very place that you told me to go to dried up. Has it ever felt like following God is not working? Has it ever felt like following God is not the right way to go because you told me to go here and all I have is this dry brook? And I believe the answer is revealed in the genesis of this sermon when I begin to talk about my wife's pregnancy. We are approaching the 40th week. 40th week. And our OBGYN walks in the room. She says, uh, Tanisha, <laughs> Miss Flowers, Mr. Flowers, listen, um, this baby doesn't seem to want to come out on her own. And, and if she doesn't come out in three or four days, I'm going to have no other choice but to induce labor. <sighs> Please listen. I'm going to have to break what she was supposed to break. God, you're missing it. I'm going to have to break your water so that conditions are so uncomfortable. I'm going to have to break your water, so that it's so uncomfortable for baby girl on the inside of your womb that she has no other choice but to come out. Could, could it be one of the reasons that you're in a dry place? It's not always due to rebellion. One of the reasons that you're in a dry place is due to the fact that you have gotten comfortable and God has said, nope, I have to induce you. You have gotten comfortable and I have to induce you. This is not God punishing you. Please hear me. I'm trying to give somebody some confirmation on tonight. What you're going through is God saying induce. You have a call in your life. You have an answer to induce. There's a people you need to reach. Induce. You have to be a voice for your generation. Induce. There's a book I need you to write. Induce. There's a vlog I need you to record and upload induce there's a poem i need you to record and upload induce there's a church i need you to birth induce there's a ministry i need you to lead induce there's a bloodline cycle i need you to break induce 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 elijah was so comfortable and he was caught up with the fact that ravens were coming to bring him scraps 
They were bringing him scraps. Birds can only fit scraps in their mouth. And I believe God is saying no more scraps of commitment. No more scraps of prayer. No more scraps of devotion. No more scraps of fasting. No more scraps of a prayer life. I want you to live in the abundance. I have come so that you can have life and have life more, more abundantly. But you have gotten comfortable in that which is supposed to be seasonal. It is not God punishing you. It's God inducing you. There's something that I need you to do. What's on the inside of you, ma'am? What's on the inside of you, sir, must be so powerful where God won't let you sleep on it. God's like, nah, what I put on inside of you, that's too necessary. What I put on inside of you, that's too needed. What I put on inside of you, the world needs. What I put on inside of you, your family needs. What I put on the inside of you, your nation needs. And I'm not going to let you get comfortable. I'm not going to let you get comfortable. If God would not have dried up Elijah's brook, he never would have been in position to ask the widow, what's in your house? If God never would have dried up Elijah's brook, he never would have been in position to get on the showdown on Mount Carmel. If Elijah, if God never would have allowed Elijah's brook to dry up, he never would have been in position to pass the baton to Elisha. If God never would have dried up Elijah's brook, if God never would have dried up Elijah's brook, he never would have been caught up by a fiery chariot. But it was necessary because there's something I need you to do. And I wonder who I'm preaching to. There's something that God needs you to do. And you have gotten comfortable in that which is supposed to be seasonal. You have gotten comfortable with leaving your Bible untouched. You've gotten comfortable with skipping prayer. You've gotten comfortable with not having your own worship life. You don't have a worship leader now saying, jump and give God praise. You don't have it. You've gotten comfortable with mediocre Christianity. And I'm challenging and I'm drying up your brook because I need your attention. I'm going to break your water because you were supposed to break it. And what's on the inside of you is too necessary. God does not give up on you. He induces you. Not giving up on you. I'm inducing you. It's going to come out. If you come out kicking and screaming and crying, it's going to come out, but it's too necessary. What's on the inside of you, God needs. Now, I want us to understand this. Please get this. Sometimes your brook dries up, not because of rebellion, but because you've gotten comfortable. And I believe it's due to your comfort zone, a principle you've overthrown, or people you friend zoned, bars. The reason your brook has dried up is due to your comfort zone, a principle you've overthrown, are people you have friend zoned because dry people drain places. Dry people drain places. You wonder why you feel so drained? Because you're surrounded by people who don't have a brook. And they'll hurt your heart to such a degree that you say, I'm never opening up. The next time I'll open up, it'll be at my autopsy. <laughs> because I'm done. We're trying to serve people, but it's because of people you have and your friends on. And God saying, you've outgrown this womb. There's something on the inside of you. So I have four points. How do you know? How do you know if God is inducing you? We've already talked about this. Point number one, dried brooks. Dried brooks. What does that mean? It's when God allows intentional discomfort. And he allows where you used to drink to be evaporated. He has dried up your brook because you have gotten too comfortable. It could be, he could dry up your career. He could dry up a relationship. He could dry up a bank account. How many times have we said in this Try Me series, when God does not have your attention, he'll disturb what does. And you're saying, God, I've never felt pain like this. And God is saying, I've never seen you pray like this. 
And you're saying, God, this is so uncomfortable. But God is saying, man, you're just so committed. And you're like, God, but this hurts so bad. And God's like, man, but you're waking up at 5 a.m. God, could you take this away? I don't think so. God, could you stop this? I don't think so. Why? Look what it's producing in you. You fasting without a church fast? You're reading the scriptures without a notification telling you you missed five days of the Bible? You're doing all this. You binge watching a sermon series instead of a Netflix series? You care more about Try Me than Game of Thrones? Or pop? I, I don't want to remove this. Look what it's doing in you. How do you know that God is inducing you? He dries up your brook. Point number two. How do you know if God is inducing you? Mislabeled insomnia. Mislabeled insomnia. Why are you popping all them sleeping pills, bro? Ma'am, how many more nights are you going to drink, uh, drink Z-Quil? It's not working. <laughs> it's not insomnia. It's an invitation. God is saying, get up and pray. Come on, let's talk. You spend all day long allowing the distraction to be so loud. And you know why I'm disturbing your sleep? Because your sleep is disturbing me. Speak, Holy Ghost. You know why I'm disturbing your sleep? Because your sleep is disturbing me. Your sleep on injustice is disturbing me. Your sleep on prayerlessness is disturbing me. Your sleep on service is disturbing me. The sleep on how, you are, how you're treating your wife, that's disturbing me. So since you're sleeping on that, I'm going to mess up your sleep. Get up! This is an invitation. We got to talk. There's a you on the inside of you I'm trying to address. And so I've dried up your brook. Yeah, I did it on purpose. You know why? Because you have gotten comfortable in a valley when I have called you for a mountaintop. You know why I've dried up your brook? Because you have adjusted to your glass being half full when I've called you to live in the overflow. You know why I dried up your brook? Because you have adjusted to living life in survival mode versus growth mode. You don't even dream anymore. You don't hope anymore. You don't try anymore. You don't believe anymore. Your faith is not big anymore. You lost all compassion. You have adjusted to mediocre living. That's not what I called you for. There's a whole nother realm I want to take you to. So I'm disturbing your sleep. Netflix not going to help this. Sleep music not going to help this. Sleeping pills not going to help this. This is God saying this is an invitation. We need to talk. How do you know if God is inducing you? Because he disturbs your sleep because your sleep is disturbing him. I believe God is saying, I want a woke church. I want woke sons. I want woke daughters. If you don't know woke, that's like a millennial term for meaning aware. I want you to be woke. I want you to be aware of my voice, aware of my presence. That feeling on the inside that's saying, that's not me. That unction is saying, do this, don't do this. That unction is saying, get up, write, record, post, upload, stop doubting. This is what somebody needs to hear. Stop doubting. Record it, upload it, repeat. Stop doubting. Record, upload, repeat. Record, upload, repeat. Record, upload, repeat. Stop doubting. Stop letting your inner critic talk you out of what God has talked you into. Stop questioning yourself. God is saying, get up. And whatever I've called you to do, upload it, produce it, give birth to it. Because you have outgrown this womb. Number three, how do you know if God has induced you? Because of a Damascus Road experience. I don't have a whole lot of time to break this down. I just want you to see this. In Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 9, look at verse 3. It says, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? 
Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he trembled and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into a city and you will be told what you must do. Then the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight and neither ate nor drank. What is the Damascus Road experience? When something hits your life so severe that it causes you to fall to your face. You want to know if God's inducing you? Something's going to hit you so hard where you have no choice but to fall to your knees. And the blindness is symbolic of temporary discomfort. You didn't lose it. I'm going to restore it. But it's temporary gone until I have your attention. I'm preaching tonight. Until I fully have your devotion. Until I fully have your focus. Now listen, if God ever does this to you, where something hits your gut so hard when you fall to your face in prayer, there must be something on the inside of you that is so monumental. There must be something. See, Saul that was converted into Paul, his mission was so powerful, God had to give him a Damascus Road experience. And if you're having a Damascus Road experience, it must be some powerful mission that God has called you to accomplish. And he's not going to let you have a stillborn destiny. You're going full term. You're not going to die in this womb, and I'm not letting you get comfortable. You're going full term, but you've gotten comfortable, and i got to give you, i got to give you a place to where you're getting out of this because you've gotten comfortable. Damascus Road experience. Last one, how do you know if God has induced you? Retained seasons. <laughs> Retained seasons. You ever felt like 2017 looked just like 2018? And 2018 looked just like 2019? It's because God is not going to send you to the next level until you get this. And this is something I want you to consider. He has way more time than you. Retained season. But don't misconstrue what I'm saying. God is not looking for you to perform better. He's looking for you to trust him so you can see how he performs better once you submitted and trusted him. I'll show you this in the word. Look at this. Jonah chapter 1. Jonah chapter 1. I'm only going to read a few verses. Look at this. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it. For their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose and fled to Tarshish. Did God tell him to go to Tarshish? Did God tell him to go to Tarshish? He said, go to Nineveh. Okay. Uh, so he fled to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare. Sidebar. You're always going to pay for it when you go in the opposite direction. Okay. And he went down. Second sidebar. You're always going to go down after you pay for you're always going to go down after you pay for what you pay for to go another direction. So he went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now I have time to read the whole story about there's a storm and this big fish swallows him up. And then Jonah's in the big fish and he's praying to God. I want us to go to uh, chapter 3. Jonah chapter 3, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city. God said the exact same thing. He said the same thing in chapter 1, and he's saying the same thing in chapter 3. Does your life look like chapter 1 and 3? Just, you keep hearing the same thing, but you wonder why you're not seeing new results. It's called a retained season. God's like, um, you're going to stay here as long as you want. 
uh, I'm going to sing you so many bellies. You're going to be in so many bellies of big fish. And I just want to know, aren't you tired of stomach acid? <laughs> aren't you tired of stomach acid? Aren't you tired of this rotten fish smell that you keep? Aren't you tired of sitting in mess? The reason you keep sitting in mess is because in chapter one, you ran. And you're going to stay right here in this belly. Chapter three, I'm just going to say the same thing. So many of us are looking for God to say something new. And he's like, I'm not going to say nothing new. He's like a GPS. Go 400 miles to the left. And I ain't saying nothing else until it's time to turn. <laughs> and if you don't drive, if you don't move, after about 10 minutes, 10 minutes depending if you got an Android, an Apple, if you don't drive, your GPS ain't going to say nothing. Not a word. You can be parked. Not going to say nothing. You can tap it. It's going to say, I told you, go 400 miles and to the left. <laughs> it's going to repeat the same thing. And I'm trying to get somebody to understand. God is saying, you've been in this womb for too long. You've been in this womb for too long. Stop questioning my love for you. Questioning your value, your significance. That's not on trial here. The reason I've induced you is because there's something so necessary on the inside of you that you got to give birth to it. You feel it? You feel your, your baby kicking in your womb. Everybody, male and female watching this, you're pregnant. You're pregnant. You know what your baby's name is? Destiny. Destiny. And God is saying, how long are you going to let that baby kick until you're ready to give birth? And a whole other message for some of us, you're trying to give birth, but you're not ready yet. It's not time yet. And so you think because they're giving birth, you're supposed to give birth too. Comparison robs you of the ability to perceive your season. So you'll be trying to give birth because your friend's in labor. Maturity is we're both pregnant. So God, we pray, let us not get comfortable in that which is supposed to be seasonal. We don't pray this prayer often, God, but would you induce us? Would you dry up the water? Would you dry up the brooks? If we're at a place that we're not supposed to be at, God, we trust you enough to say, I want your will more than mine. In every womb, every place that we must depart from so that we won't hear chapter 3 like we already heard chapter 1. So that we won't have recycled seasons and retention seasons. Same class, same teacher, same subject, making the same grade. It's time for us to pass. I believe, God, you're asking, how long will you be content with being an undergrad? When you going to come up to grad school? Level up. I'm ready to take you higher, and I want to take you deeper. But you have gotten comfortable in that which is supposed to be seasonal. And, God, we thank you for drying up the brooks. We thank you for the nights that you don't let us sleep because you want to talk. We thank you for the Damascus Road experience, God, because it's better to be humbled and corrected by you than to be humbled by the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.